today. I'm thankful for their singing, and um, make sure you go by and thank them for being here, if you would, please, before you leave here today. Hebrews chapter number 12 this morning, Hebrews chapter number 12. I'll, uh, I'll be honest with you, I feel like I worked hard the last hour, so uh, you pray. Pray the Lord gives me strength this, this hour to preach this message, and every so often, Every so often when I, uh, in two services, you just kind of get tired in that first one. And um, so you pray for me if you would, please. Because I want to make sure you get what the Holy Spirit of God has for you. You're not here by accident. I believe you're here by divine appointment. God has something specific, something special for you individually and for our church corporately. And uh, I pray that you are attentive and alert. And uh, you do me a favor. If you stay awake while I preach, I'll stay awake while I preach. How's that? Huh? Is that fair? Hebrews chapter 12. Maybe for many a familiar passage of Scripture, for those that have been in church for some length of time, maybe for those that are newer to church, this is not as familiar. But I pray either way that you would give this passage of Scripture and this message uh, attention today. And ask the Lord now as we begin to read this passage of Scripture to speak to your heart and uh, to feed you today. The Bible says in verse number 1 of Hebrews chapter number 12, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Father, help us to today. Oh Lord, I pray that you would just remove any obstacles, any distractions. Oh Lord, there's so many thoughts that we could have, and Lord, each person here is carrying burdens or trials. Each person here is thinking about maybe the struggles of last week and maybe some are even fearing what might come this upcoming week. And Lord, those things could keep us from hearing from you today. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, that you would um, allow us to be attentive to your word. And Lord, I pray that you would just... just Dispel any problems or distractions that might occur or could occur that would keep us from hearing from you. And Lord, we need you. We need your help today. And so we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to look with me in verse number one. I pull out a passage, our text from verse number one. The Bible says this, And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The race that is set before us. All of us that know the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a race to run. All of us have a race that we are engaged in, and that race is for every single one of us that are here today. I want to speak to you, and I pray that you give me your attention today, because the subject matter that we will speak about today, I believe, is important for every single person here speaking to mainly to Christians today. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then we invite you to Christ. And um, we'll, we'll mention that and come back to that thought as well. 
But today I'm speaking mainly to those that are engaged in this race, this race that God has called you to. For us individually, and I don't know, you'll have to decide this and ask yourself this question, how are you doing in this race? Some, some may be running it well, and some may not be running this race very well today. But the reality is this, this race is for each and every one of us. And my question to you as we begin this message is, how are you running the race that God has for your life? I want you to look with me in the book of Acts. We're going to be in a few different passages of Scripture today. And so if you're able to find your way there, then uh, I ask that you find your way to the book of Acts. If not, you can just listen as I read this passage of Scripture. Acts chapter number 20, Paul is speaking. And we pick up reading in verse number 24. The Bible says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. If you are in the habit of making notes in your Bible, I want you to circle that thought that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace of God. This is, Paul is saying here in speaking that he wishes to finish his race, his course with joy. Now you will determine yourself, are you going to run this race? Are you going to enjoy this race that God has for you? Paul was not just going to run this race or finish this course that God has for him. He was determined that he was going to do it with great joy. Today I challenge us, how are we doing in this race? And how are we doing with our joy in this race that God has called us to? As a Christian, God does not want to play hide and seek with us. He is interested in revealing his plan for our life. And is then interested in us committing to live this plan and run this race that he has for us. Unfortunately, though, so many of us, we make so much attention about ourselves. Sometimes we live our life and the decisions we make, they are about how we feel. We make so much attention about ourselves that we care little about, or maybe even sometimes nothing, about what God wants. I told the first service this, and I say this to you as well. Today, my message is not to step on toes. It's to really hit you in the heart. I don't stand here to rebuke or discourage. I stand here today, and I preach this message today to, to hit your heart today. Because I believe this, that Jesus Christ is coming soon. You see the events that are happening around this world, and it lines up with Scripture. He's coming again. And it's not time for us to be so consumed with the attention on ourselves, but it is for us to care much about what God has for us. You are someone special to God, and he has a, a specific plan for your life. And the reality is this, if you are a part of this church and you're not challenged to live your life that God has for you, I would say this, you better find a place where you are challenged to live the life that God has for you. But I hope that you'd find here that you're going to be challenged to run your race and live the life that God has. And I pray that you will give attention to things of God. Each of us should be seeking what God intended us to be. Do you realize this, that God has something that he intends 
specifically for you? For you. That's how important you are to God. And that's how important God's work is, that he has a design, a plan, that you would live for him so that he receives glory out of your life. And this is the race that Paul speaks of, this course that he is uh, on in, in Acts chapter number 20. In the writer of Hebrews, when they say there is a, to run a, a race with, with patience that is set before us, God has a specific plan for your life. You're not here by accident. Once you're saved, one of the greatest things of salvation, obviously, is heaven. But I would say this, that we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to enjoy our salvation. We can enjoy it right now, doing the work that God has for us. All of us should be vitally involved in the work of God in this world. The Bible, tells, the Bible tells us this, that Jesus left a great commission. He left a plan for his disciples to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Listen to me, there are three and a half billion people here on this earth that have never heard the gospel message. They've never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. I would dare say this, there's many even in our own community that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We think maybe we live in America and everyone knows of Jesus. I, I think that we live in an America that today many people don't know about Jesus Christ and what he did for them. And we can be consumed with our lives, our plans, our goals. Or we could be vitally involved in the work that God has in this world. The work of redeeming mankind back to Him. His passion in His heart is that all mankind would hear the good news of the gospel and trust Christ as their Savior. The Bible still says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus came to seek and to save that which were lost, and his desire is to save mankind, and our desire ought to be to be involved in this work or run this race. Today is a, a great day for Mount Clover Road Baptist Church, and I choose this passage of Scripture on purpose here today. It's a great day for our church, and the reality is this, you're a part of it. You're a part of what God is doing in this place. God has a plan, and God has a desire, and God has a will for this local church. He has a plan for your life, and he also has a plan for this local body of believers that make up the Monclova Road Baptist Church, and he's placed you here for that plan. That means this, that you are vitally important to the plan that God has for your life, and you're vitally important to the plan that God has for this church. I'm thrilled that God has, has placed together here a, a, a team of, of staff, a team of, of pastors to accomplish that plan in a, a group of believers that he's called and assembled together to do the work or run the race that he has for this church. I hope that you'll take the time, and I know many of you, when Matt and Terry were here just last month, and he had the opportunity to meet with them. But I'm so thrilled that God has put together this team. I told my, my wife, Michelle, not long ago, I felt like the first three years here, all I did was hiring uh, for our church. And I'm glad that the, the hiring is done, at least for now. I'm glad that that's done, and God has put together a, a team of people, a team of pastors and assistant pastors to the church here. I'm excited about this. 
Because God has a, a race for this church to run. And you're a part of that. And I pray, I pray that you'll ask God to show you and reveal to you his plan and his path for you. We must run this race that is set before us. Do you realize that there are many adversaries to the work of God? Do you realize that Satan wants to destroy your life? He wants to keep you from doing the work that God has for you? Do you realize that? Do you realize that Satan, there's many adversaries to this, the work of God? Do you know if Satan had his way, he'd destroy your marriage? He'd destroy your home? He'd destroy this church? That's what he's after. That's his desire. If you're saved, he can't have your soul, but if he can get you to the place where he's destroyed your home and, and the decisions and cease to keep you from doing God's plan for your life, that's what he's after. He's your adversary. Today he seeks to destroy the work of God. The Bible tells us in chapter number 12 that there's this race, this race that is set before us and we're to run this race. In the previous chapter here in Hebrews chapter number 11, there's the hall of faith. It's a chapter that mentions a lot of people that, that have served the Lord, that have gone on before us, and they are the, the hall of faith. or those that have lived a, a great life for the Lord, and they're, they're named here in this chapter, and, and we're, we're listening to their story. And what a, wonderful, what a wonderful group of people the Bible shares with us. But I would say this, there's probably many people in your own life that that you look at and have gone before. I think of my father. Last evening we were talking with a group that came in to sing today and we were at dinner and speaking to them and just talking about where we were from and where they're from and, and telling them I was growing up in the ministry and talking about my dad. You know, there's a dad that I'm so proud of, one that he finished his race. He's no longer here. I miss him. There's often times that I want to call him and even speak about the race that I'm running for the Lord. And you miss people that have gone on, but I'm so glad that there's people that have been involved in my life. I have an uncle that was so intricately involved that encouraged me to, to be in the work of God, encouraged me to, to go to Bible college, encouraged me to, to, to serve the Lord with my life. And he's no longer here any longer, and I miss him. And I'm so glad that there's those that have encouraged us to run the race. The race that we run will either encourage others or it will discourage others. And I want you to get that, please, this morning. I was going to say if you don't get anything else, but I, there's a lot more I want you to get as well this morning. But I want you to get this thought. You are either going to live your life, you are either going to run your race to either encourage others or to discourage others in your race. I want to live my life as a, as a father. I want to run this race as a father so that my children are encouraged to run their race that God has before them as well. I want them to see the race that I'm running and say it's worth running this race for the Lord. You're either going to encourage someone to run, or they're going to see you in your race and you're going to discourage them. How are you doing with that race? There's a few rules to this race and I want to Look at those here today, quickly today, and I hope that you'll take note of these in your heart. 
The first rule that I want us to see here today is the Bible tells us in the last part of this chapter, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I want you to write this down somewhere that you'll remember this. The first thing you must do in this race is you must determine to run. You must determine to run. That means this, is this race that you're going to live for the Lord, you are determined you will run this with your whole heart. You're going to run this with all of your effort. Everything you can, you are going to put into this race in running for the Lord. You must run this race. You ever see someone that begins a race? My daughter began to run track this year, my middle daughter, and she loved to, to run track, so I'd come and watch her. I'd sit on the stand on the fence and watch her run this race, and she tried as hard as she could. She, when that, when that uh, uh, gun would go off, she didn't just stand there and then walk down the, uh, the, the track. She, she put everything she could into that race. She wanted to win that race. There was a couple times that she'd run, and maybe four or five or six other people would run with her. There was a time that she ran uh, there's only four other girls running in that heat, and, and she got done. I said, babe, you did great. You finished. You finished fourth. That's a great place to finish. She said, Dad, I tried my best, and she'd get a little discouraged if she couldn't win a race, but I didn't say that you needed to, to hit that finish line first. I was encouraged that she just did her best that she could in running that race. And each and every one of us as Christians, we have a race to run. We must remember there is a, run, a race that we must run, and we must run this with our whole heart, with everything we have, all of our effort, we ought to run this race that God has for us. I want you to turn with me to the book of Philippians, if you would, please, just a few books back from where we're at in Hebrews. Please save your place in Hebrews. We're going to come back there. But in Philippians chapter number 3, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And he says this in verse number 10, Philippians chapter 3, in verse number 10, he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. In verse number 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus." Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting these things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said in verse number 14, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Paul is speaking again of running this race that God has set before him. He's running this in Philippians chapter 10, and he's encouraging the people here. And I love what he says in verse number 10, that I may know him, his his goal is that he lives his life in such a way where he knows Christ. He spends time with the Lord. He says, and I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to describe our life as a Christian, that we know him and there's power in what we do for the Lord? It comes from knowing him. It comes from running this race choosing to run this race in his life. And Paul is speaking here and what Paul is, is saying to this group of believers that God reached out and he, and he grabbed a hold of Paul and, and gave Paul this race and he got a hold of me and he wanted me, didn't, wouldn't turn me loose. There's a, a goal that God has for Paul and there's a goal that God has for your life as well. When God saved you, he saved you and he gave you a work to do for him. 
He saved you and he placed you in a, in a race that he wants you to run. Paul is saying, I feel his hand on me. Listen to me this morning that God's, the race that he's called you to run, you don't have to run this in your own strength. Matter of fact, you can't run this race in your own strength. You can't run this race in your own power. That's why Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, this race that God has called you to, the race he has his hand on your life that he wants you to run. Paul is saying, I know that he's guiding me. I know that he is, he, he is directing me, and he knows it well. Paul is seeking to obey the Lord as he runs this race. The reality is this. I, in my own life, I hunger. I hunger and I thirst to know what God has for Jeremy Rands. I hunger and I thirst to know what God has for Mount Clover Road Baptist Church. I hunger and I thirst. I want you to know that God has a plan for you. You don't just go through life and go through the motions, living whatever way you want to live or discourage because you feel like there's no purpose. God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has a race that he wants you to run. I want you to know it. I want to know it for my life. I want you to know it for yours. It's like a runner pressing for the finish line. Paul is running this race and he can't wait to get to that finish line. He's running it, not giving up until he gets to that finish line. Unfortunately, I believe that there's some today that they'll never do what God wants them to do. Because in your race, some are living in the past. And Paul says here, take note here in verse number 13. Paul knowing that he's called to this race. Paul saying that I want to know him. And I want to know the power of his resurrection. And how does he run this race? He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things are which before. Paul is realizing this. In order for me to run this race, there are some things in my life that I've got to put away. There are some that are holding on to things in their past. There's some that are holding on to hurts in their past. There's some that are holding on to those that have hurt them in the past, and, and it's keeping you from running that race that God has. And Paul is saying here, I, I want God's power. I, I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know God. And in order to do that, I've got to make sure that those things that are behind me, they, get, they stay behind me. I don't want to bring those things with me because I can't bring those things with me if I'm going to run this race. There are some that aren't serving the Lord today because they've been hurt by others in the past. And maybe they say, I don't want to get hurt again. I don't, want to, I don't want to get involved in this again because it hurt too much. You know, some maybe here need to say, I'm going to put that behind me. I'm going to put the fear of being hurt behind me. I'm going to put the past behind me because it's keeping me from seeing God in my race today. We need to run forgetting what is behind. There's still some that talk about someone or talk about some situation or talk about something that happened to you and you won't forget it and you won't put it behind you and it's keeping you from moving forward. There's some that are looking at the failures of their past and looking at the defeats of their past and instead of putting those behind, you're using those as excuses. You know, Satan does a good job as reminding you that you can't run this race. 
Satan does a great job at bringing things up just when you surrender, just when you get to the place where revival comes and you say, all right, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm not going to worry about those things. And Satan begins to bring those things up and bring up your past and bring up lies and bring up situations that, that, that you can't get through. And those things you believe and you start to wonder and you start to, 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 to not run that race that God has for you. Put those things behind you and run the race today that God has for your life. We've got to run. If we're to get in this race, the first rule is you have to run. Church, how are you doing with the running in your race today? Are you sitting by and watching others serve? Are you sitting by and watching others participate? Are you sitting by and just standing on the sidelines? There's no place for a Christian to stand on the sideline in this race. Your place is there running. Your place is on that path. Your place is to, to see that finish line. Your place is not to sit back and watch time go by. Your place is to be involved in running in the race that God has for you. Secondly, I want you to see this. Not only are we to run in Hebrews chapter number 12, if you make your way back to that chapter. The Bible says, number one, that we must run. Number two, number two, I want you to see. He says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Notice what he says. Let us lay aside every weight. Maybe these are distractions. This isn't necessarily sin. Maybe, maybe with enough distraction it might become sin, but these are just things, distractions in your life. You know, too much of anything can be a weight. Yesterday I was in a couple different, several different uh, uh, graduation parties, and, and man, every single one had something good to eat. Every one of them. And, and, and then we had dinner at that evening, and, and so I'm going through a line of several graduation parties wanting to eat, and the, everything was so good. And eating at one would have been a good thing. Eating at two would have been okay. Eating at three, now it's getting bad. Eating at all of them and going to dinner, then you become a glutton. Sometimes, sometimes it isn't just all bad things that become a, a weight or a distraction. Sometimes it's a lot of good things that keep our attention from the race that God has for us. Sometimes it's, it's not just sin. If we're not careful, we evaluate our lives and we say, well, that's not sinful. Well, too much of anything might be a weight. We have a race to run. I know in my own life, this coming Tuesday and just two days, we're going to give my son to someone we don't know and they're going to drive him to an airport and put him on an airplane by himself and going to get off the airplane and as soon as he gets off, there's going to be someone we don't know screaming and yelling at him, telling him to do push-ups and running and all these things for 10 weeks and the more we think about that, the more my wife goes crazy. Really, I have thought about getting her some medication for this. You laugh. <laughs> Live with me. <laughs> the, thought of, the thought of him leaving is consuming to her. We laid in bed the other night, and I said, what is wrong with you? She said, I, I wish I never would have signed the papers. I said, well, you can't change it now. Well, I guess we could run. 
taken with us. Can't change it now. We were driving in the car not long ago, and I said, is everything okay? Are you upset with me? You know that, that, like that, that stare, right, guys? Like stare out the window the opposite way. You talk, you get short answers. You start thinking, man, what did I do? What did I do? I started rehearsing the last couple days in my mind. All right, no, I didn't do that. Okay, I'm good. Okay, we're good. I don't know. What's wrong with you? She said, what do you mean what's wrong with me? I said, did, did I do something? She said, you always do something, yes, but that's not what's wrong with me right now. I said, what's wrong? She said, Jacob's leaving in a couple weeks. The truth is I... The more I get to it, the more I would like to just say, all right, for the next 10 weeks, I don't want to do anything. I, I just want to take my family to a place and, and wait for him to be done, and, and then we'll come back together and everything will be okay. But for the next 10 weeks or leading up to this, I, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to serve anyone. And, and you say, well, that's a, that's a, it's okay because it's your son, but the reality is this. It, if, it's, if we're not careful, it can consume us and keep us from running the race that God has for us. Well, I love, to, I love to spend every waking hour with my wife. I love my wife. If you don't, you should love your wife. She deserves that. I love every waking moment. I love, would love to spend waking up. And imagine, men, waking up, and every morning there's your wife in breakfast in bed, your wife in bacon. Wouldn't that be nice? Huh? Fresh bacon? Look over, Keith, wouldn't that be nice? Breakfast in bed, some eggs, your beautiful wife bacon and eggs. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Every morning, spend some time with her, talk, go out to lunch, spend some time that afternoon with her, talk, go out to dinner, go to sleep and start over the next day doing the same thing. How many of you would, that would sound wonderful? Men, raise your hand right now. That would help you. It would help you, yes. Wouldn't that sound great? But you know what? We can't. Too much of a good thing can become a weight. Because we've got a race to run. Souls need Jesus. God's desire is to redeem mankind back to Him. And, and as we live in this generation, three and a half billion people still have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. We've got a race to run. We've got the gospel to give. And too much of anything can become a weight to keep us from running our race. So when we see this weight, sometimes we need to evaluate our life and say, what are the things, even the good things at times that are keeping us from running this race, we must deal with these things. We can't let weight keep us from running the race that God has called us to run. We can't let these things get in the way of us running this race. And thirdly, I want you to see this, number three in the same verse, the Bible says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily, do you see that word easily? easily beset us. Thirdly, we find here that we must not only run, we must, must not only lay aside every weight, but we also must lay aside sin. Church, we need to be sensitive to sin. 
And I believe this, by running your race and being serious about your race, you'll be sensitive to sin. It's when you take your race lightly, it's when you don't see the, the reality of your race, if, when you don't see the reality that mankind is dying without Jesus Christ and you're living your life to, for yourself and for your own pleasures, when you begin to live that kind of life, you don't realize that sin keeps you from running this race. As we run, we must be sensitive to sin. We must realize that sin hinders us in this race. I played football in high school and our coach would make me put on weights on my, my legs and my ankles and I'd have to do all these drills with weights on. And we'd, uh, we'd have two-a-days. How many of you played football? You, you know the dreaded two-a-days in the morning and then they'd let you go home for lunch and you want to just sleep and they make you come back and practice again and they drive and they drive and drive and they've got these weights on and, and you're practicing, you're doing everything with these weights on. And the goal then is once you're not practicing, once you're in the game, you take those weights off and you're stronger now to be able to play in the game. You're stronger now, your legs are stronger and you, you're able to do it with the weights. You're able, even able to do it even greater without the weights. And listen to me, we need to live a life in such a way as we run this race. We need to be sensitive to sin. We need to be sensitive. You'd never go into that race. You'd never go into that game with those weights on your legs. You take those off so that you can play, so that you can win, so that you can cross that finish line. And the same thing is true, church. We need to commit today that we want to run this race that God has set before us. We need to run this race that God has called you to. And don't let sin hinder you. Don't let sin stop you from running this race. I wish over the last 20 years of my life I could tell you that I've never met anyone who let sin stop them from running their race. I've canceled too many broken marriages because of sin. I hate sin. I hate it. I've canceled too many parents and children over broken relationships because of sin. I hate sin. I despise it. It stops people from running the race that God has called them to. They get so involved in that sin that they cease to run the race and they never cross that finish line that God wants you to cross. And for some reason, that sin has your mind clouded that, that thinks that that sin, that pleasure that that sin gives you is more pleasurable than one day hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh, as your pastor today, I want you to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But you won't hear it if you allow sin to cloud your judgment. You won't hear it if you allow sin to cloud your life. You won't hear it if you choose sin over this race. Today, would you please, by God's help, choose that I'm going to run this race. I'm going to run it in my marriage. I'm going to be the husband that God has called me to be. And I'm not going to let sin weigh me down. I'm going to be the child of God that God wants me to be. I'm going to be the runner in this race that God has called me to be with his help. And by his grace, I'm going to hear, well done now, good and faithful servant. Would you desire that today? I believe if you'll desire that today, then you'll see sin 
and you'll be sensitive to it, and you won't want to get near it. You won't want it to stop you from seeing and hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, if you would please. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Just a few pages over, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. You with me? Have I put you to sleep? Someone say amen. amen. All right, good. Verse number 23. 1 Corinthians 9, 23. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. I like how Paul states that. I'm running this race. You know what I'm doing? I'm living this life for the gospel's sake. Listen, how, do you, how are we as Christians supposed to live our life? You say, I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to do. Live your life for the gospel's sake. Live your life for the Lord. Live your life for the cause of Christ. He says in verse number 23, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize who run that ye may obtain and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. He says they run a race only to receive a trophy that one day is going to be gone. How many of you ever got a trophy when you were a kid? How many of you have no idea where those trophies are now? Huh? They're gone. They were put in a box in an attic and thrown out when you were at college. They're gone. Paul says we're not running a race to receive a corruptible crown, but we, an incorruptible crown, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. He says in verse number 27, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by, by any means. When I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. You know, that word cast away there, it means disapproved or disproved. You've lived your life where when others see you, they disprove of what you've said and done. What you've said and what you've done don't match up. Just a few days ago, my wife and I were talking about Jacob again. He's the subject of a lot of our conversations lately. So much so that I haven't paid much attention to the puppy. <laughs> Yeah. She said, I hope. I hope as parents we didn't fail him. I hope we've made right decisions in raising him. I hope he sees and hears everything that's ever been preached from this pulpit. I hope he sees it lived out at home. I hope when he stands and he hears things that he's never heard before. I hope when he stands and he hears things talked about that he's never heard talked about before. I hope he chooses to live for Christ because of the example that was set before him. I don't want to preach. I don't want to be a pastor and my whole life be disapproved because of how I live and what I preach are two different things. I don't want to be a father that says one thing and lives another and my children disapprove of my life. I don't want to be a husband that says one thing and lives another. 
You don't have to be. You can run your race. As Paul said, I, I run it keeping the gospel in front of me. I run this race and I lay aside sin. Truth is, every single one of us, every day of our life, have to choose to run this race or choose sin. It's a choice you must make. Mackenzie was in the middle of track season. And that girl loves pop. She loves it. We don't keep it in her house. She goes to the neighbors and gets one of theirs to drink just so she can have pop. Yeah, she loves it. And she was running this race, and one of the rules in track is you're not allowed to drink pop. So we'd go and sit at a restaurant, and she'd order water. I didn't mind. It saved me $2 and I think $3 now for pop. It saved me money, but she said, I'm going to follow the rules. I loved it. I, I would put her in a place just so I could see what she was going to choose. And I was so proud of her every time she chose no pop. She chose that because she wanted to succeed in her race. She realized this, that I can't eat the same, and I, I can't drink the same, and I, I can't do the same things that I once did if I want to run this race. And if she said, Dad, I want to run, and Dad, I want you to come and watch me run, and Dad, I want you to come and cheer me on, and, and Dad, I, I want you to come and, and see me race this race, and, and I'm going to still drink pop, and I'm still going to break all the rules and, and do whatever I want to do, it wouldn't be thrilling to go watch her run. Because I knew that she could do better if she chose the race over sin. Listen to me, the same thing is true, Christian. If you would choose your race over sin, you could succeed. Why would you want to be a castaway? Lay aside this sin. We, some of us, are just always yielding to the same sin over and over. You have victory in Christ. And the author of Hebrews says this sin that does so easily beset us, it, sin, it so does easily beset us. Our flesh knows what we like, doesn't it? Our flesh knows what we want. But here we find that we can have victory over that sin. We don't have to be yielded to that sin. We can determine that the race that God has put us on, that race is more important than me yielding to sin. And with God's help and God's strength, I can win this race. You need to get so serious about the race that you get so sensitive about your sin that you choose this race over your sin. And lastly, I want you to see, and I'm done. We need to run it with patience. The Bible says, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And James, just, just a page, in my Bible is just a page over in James chapter one, verse one, James, the servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting my brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. When I read that verse, I think James is out of his mind, don't you? How do you, call, how do you, how do you count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations? I don't want temptations in my life. I think it'd be better if you would have wrote, 
as a Christian, you'll never have a problem again. It's not true. I'm glad he doesn't stop at verse number two. He says this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Patience, and that patience is how we ought to run our race. Let patience have her perfect work. That means this, don't get distracted. Stay with it. Now you're, you're looking at a guy that doesn't have a lot of patience. When I decide I want something done, I want it done. We're looking for some buses and found a, a bus and as soon as I found the bus, I was ready to send a couple guys down to look at the bus that day. My wife will say, you are the most impatient person. As soon as you get something in your mind, impulsive, you want it done. You get aggravated because it's not done. Impatience, and that's not the way that we ought to live our life. The Bible tells us not to get distracted. Patience doesn't mean living under the trial. Patience means this, living under the authority of Jesus Christ during that trial. Not letting the trial get over me. Not letting the trial affect my decisions. Not letting that trial affect my relationship. But staying under the authority of Jesus Christ in my life. Realizing this, that God has allowed this for a purpose. For my good and for his glory. There's times in your race that you're going to run. And you need to run with patience. Because the race is not always going to go the way you want it planned. The race is not always going to be the way you want it to be. There's going to be trials that come in, and when those trials come in, you must have patience realizing this is God's plan. It's for my good and for his glory. I must stay with it and not quit. I'm to run with patience. The truth is, and I'm sure you're the same way, there's many a times that I've just wanted to give up. There's many a mornings that I've woken up and I've said, Lord, I'm too tired. There's days I've looked at my schedule and I've said, Lord, I've had enough. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to go through another day of trials. I don't want to face someone else that is unhappy. I don't want to deal with something else that is hurtful. I've had enough. In those days, I must live under the ruling presence of Jesus Christ, under his authority. And say, Lord, even on these days, I'm going to run. I'm going to run with patience because this is your plan. We must run. We must lay aside every weight. We must lay aside sin that does so easily beset us. And we must run with patience. Let God have his perfect way for your good and for his glory.